welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to be able to talk to you again this week. As I know that you and I are both on a journey together, we are working to be the best dads that we can be. And to be honest, all of us need to be able to learn from other dads. We have to take the time to be able to invest in ourselves. And I'm so glad that every week that you come back to listen and to learn, not only from the conversations that you and I have, but the conversations that that we have with other dads about the experiences that they've had as fathers. I love being able to bring you different guests, different people with different experiences, because we all father in different ways. And that's that's one of the reasons why having these conversations every week is so important. This week, we have have another great guest with us. Chad Willardson is with us, and Chad is a father of five. He's president and founder of Pacific Capital. He's a best-selling author. We're going to talk about one of his books today. He's co-founder and board member of Gravy Stack. We talked about Gravy Stack with Scott Donnell previously on the show. So so he's a part of that as well. There, there are so many different things that he has been a part of in his life thus far. And I'm really excited to be able to talk to him, to learn from him, and for you to learn from his own experiences as a father. Chad, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thank you for having me. This is an honor for sure and a great topic. So thank you. It is my pleasure having you here. I love being able to talk to different dads about the experiences that they have had in their lives. And I know you have two daughters, two of your five. You got an 18-year-old and an eight-year-old. And as I I guess, first and foremost, I want to turn the clock back in time. I want to go back to the beginning with that 18-year-old that you have. What was going through your head when you first found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter? Oh, man. Well, just to give a little background, I grew up as the oldest child, and I have three younger sisters. So I grew up in a house of girls. Although I was kind of the oldest and the leader, I was used to a household of girls. On one side of my family, my mom's side, I have three boy cousins, and there's 14 girls. And so it was not a foreign or shocking thing. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I got to have a son or... I'm going to be disappointed. I was totally ready for it and excited. And uh, I was secretly hoping that she would like sports so we could uh, do a lot of sports stuff together. And fortunately, that's definitely worked out. Now, I know when you have multiple kids, you have to take the time. You have to find the time. You have to build the time to be able to build those unique relationships with each of your kids. With having two daughters yourself, I know you've had to do that in different ways. Talk to me about what you've had to do to be able to build those unique relationships with each of your daughters. It's a great question. As an entrepreneur, I've always tried to shape my business around my family and not shape my family around my business. And so I've just decided to see what they're interested in and make time for that. So for example, tomorrow, my oldest daughter's got a a tournament basketball game about 45 minutes away and the game's at three o'clock. So I let my assistant know literally no meetings after two o'clock because I'm headed to that game. So I've had to just organize my calendar and my schedule around the important things that matter to my girls and make sure that I'm there for them. And that's made all the difference in the world. When they look in the bleachers or when they look in the audience, I want them to always know that I'm there and I'm supporting them. Being there, being present, I hear that all the time from dads, and it's so important from an early age to 
as they get older into their teenage years and beyond. I mean, you have to be in it to win it in so many different ways. Now, each of your daughters has unique personalities. They're unique in their own ways. You said your oldest loves sports. She's in basketball and your younger daughter, I'm sure, is involved in other different things. Talk to me about memories and memorable experiences, because I know that every father has them. What's been your most memorable experiences that you've been able to share with each of your daughters thus far? My oldest daughter, she and I are very much alike. She's very entrepreneurial. She gets me, I get her. We just click on a different level. One of my great memories of her is we're a faith-based family. And so reading the Bible in the morning is something that's just been a habit that my parents have taught me. I still remember this. She was maybe six or seven or eight years old at the most. And I would often go out on the balcony and just kind of look at the view of the sunrise and take in the morning, look at my schedule, write down my goals for the day, spend a little bit of time reading the Bible and just have it, try to have a great calm morning to start my day off before everyone else wakes up. And uh, one of my greatest memories of her was like seven or eight years old. I guess she woke up really early. It's like 6 a.m. and it was light outside and she was wandering around looking for me, knowing that I'm the early riser in our house. And she found her way onto the balcony and said, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm trying to start my day off the right way. You know, I'm doing these things and I do this every morning. And she's like, well, can I do that with you? I want to start my day off the right way. And so for a series of weeks, she would kind of wake herself up or ha- ask me to wake her up and make her way out to the balcony off our master bedroom and and pull up a chair. We had these two little little beach chairs and we'd hang out on the balcony in the morning and just kind of start our day together. And I just think that memory, I- I'll never forget that. The fact that she just turned 18 a week and a half ago is mind blowing to me because I still remember that little girl that was out there on the balcony, you know, just barely learning to read and and write and saying, all right, well, I want to write my goals down for the day. And so we get her little notebook and she's writing her goals. That's a memory with my 18-year-old. My nine-year-old, she's a socialite. She's the most incredible friend-making little kid out there. Her name is Bentley. And she literally will, when she was five years old, we were at a vacation resort in Jamaica, an all-inclusive resort. And I mentioned that because we're walking through the pool and spa area, jacuzzis, and I'm walking with her. And everyone seems to be saying hi to her. Adults, kids. Hey, how's it going, Bentley? Hey, Bentley, how are you? And I said, Bentley, how do all these people know you? And she's like, oh, well, I made friends with them you know, over by the slide. Or I, I was talking to them in the jacuzzi. And I said, how did you meet them? And she's like, oh, we went and got smoothies together over there at the restaurant, at the pool restaurant. And she was like four or five years old. And I had these adults come up to me and say, that girl is something else. She was asking us questions and getting to know us and like a mature, you know, 18, 25 year old kid. And she's four or five years old, but she had the social skills and emotional intelligence to carry a great conversation. And so my memories with her are always out and about. She's definitely not an introvert. She's out there with the people. And so whenever I go to events, I love bringing her along and saying, all right, so like, who are you going to meet? And what do you want to do at this event? She's And she's always got these ideas of you know meeting new people and making friendships. And that's just kind of the way she is. So that's something I would take away with her. When I talk to fathers, so many of them, as they start their, their journey as a father to a daughter, they talk about the fact that there was some fear, some fear, not only of being a father, but just being a father to a daughter. 
What would you say was your biggest fear or are your biggest fears in raising daughters today? I think one of my biggest fears in raising daughters today is related to how they see themselves. I believe the challenge of social media and the age of comparison is really, really detrimental, not not just to girls, to boys as well, but I think especially to girls. I think the morality in society and the wholesomeness doesn't get praised much. The girls that get attention on social media are doing things that I don't want my daughters participating in and they don't want to participate in. And so I think the challenge of that constant pressure to uh, lower your standards is something that I really think about a lot for my daughters, wanting them to really keep their standards and keep their, their values and not demean themselves in order to fit in or to get attention. I think that's a real challenge. And a lot of that comes from dads, potentially, you know, we can fight that as dads by building their confidence and their self-esteem from the inside out and not from the outside in. So let's talk a little bit about that in building the confidence. What did you have to do within your own daughters? Or what are some of the steps that you had to follow to be able to continuously invest and reinvest in your own daughters to help them with their own self-confidence? I think giving them opportunities that maybe sometimes are just reserved for the boys. I talk to my both of my daughters a lot about money. I talk to them about business. They each have their own little business. My nine-year-old daughter and my 18-year-old daughter both earn money doing things on their own. I don't exclude them. We talk about investing. We talk about, I, I put them in places where they can step outside their comfort zone and build confidence. They open their bank account and we're at the bank and they're seven or eight years old. I think McKinley was seven or eight when she first opened her bank account. And I had her literally walk up to the counter by herself and go through the process, even though she was scared of opening a bank account and depositing money and checking her balance, doing things that give them confidence, excuse me, in the real world. And also just reemphasizing that you decide what you value. And it's not what other people say that decides your value. You know, I teach these girls that it's not about their looks or their makeup or other things like that that determine their value. It's really where they come from and who they are. And they, their their potential is limitless. And we talk about that all the time. I'm always talking. They both have vision boards. They both have an I am poster board on their bedroom mirror where they personally have written out A through Z. I am something. And they describe their identity and themselves and what they believe about themselves. And they say that every morning and every night since they were little kids. And that's not something I write for them. But I think that builds a lot of confidence in who they are as they're seeing themselves for what they're worth. I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, I mentioned that you are an author, that you've written a number of different books. And one of the books that that really spoke to me was one that you wrote called Smart, Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Skills Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. And this is a book that that you wrote along, like I said, with a number of other books. But this one specifically talks to parents as well as kids to be able to help them to better understand some of the things that they really need to know and really need to master before they head off into the world. And I, I guess first and foremost, go, let's go back to the beginning because I know that, like I said, this is this is one of your three books that you have out there. But what was it about this topic that really drew you to taking the time and the effort to put this out into the world? I felt that 
if I am thinking about this all the time as someone who's in the money business for 20 plus years, and I have five kids, parenting to me is very intentional. I, I just felt like I was always getting questions about, hey, Chad, what's your advice on what you should pay your kids for their allowance or their chores? Or, hey, Chad, what do you think about you know paying for college? Should kids pay that for themselves or should you pay that for them? Or, hey, Chad, how young is too young to like talk to kids about investing and things like that? And I just constantly was giving advice on that. I was posting on LinkedIn about that. And I had a very different approach. I realized I was a lot more kind of non-traditional in some of the advice points when it comes to money and kids. And so it just felt right that I should put something permanently in writing, share the best ideas and gather a bunch of best ideas from friends and clients and put that into a book. And I think most people that I talk to, their kids have more... I guess, more abundance than they did when they grew up. You add the technology and advancements and things like that, and the internet and cell phones. Kids just have more at their fingertips than we ever had. And so the worry often is that the kids are going to be entitled and spoiled and they don't appreciate things. And, you know, they see mom or dad touch a button on their phone and a box shows up the next day from Amazon. And it's like, what do they learn about money? Where does money come from? How do they appreciate it? And so I just felt like if I could write a book that gives parents and families a lot of just very practical, simple tips and topics to have conversations about that I could really make an impact. And my first book was an Amazon number one bestseller in a bunch of categories. The second book, Smart Not Spoiled, sold more copies in the first week than my first book did in the first 12 months. And so, and, and then I started getting asked to be on shows and podcasts. And then um, Scott Donald reached out to me while he heard about the book that was in draft and said, Hey, let's do something big. I'm thinking of starting a company that was going to help kids in financial education. And so that's how I got connected to Scott as he heard about the title of my book. So it's definitely opened a lot of doors and it's clearly hitting people in the hearts. It's, it's talking about what we all care about. So let's delve a little deeper. As you were putting this together, I know you said there's seven money skills in this book and things that, and I don't, I'm not asking you to, to give away the farm in the regards to everything. But what would you say is one of the most important, in your opinion, skills that a child needs to know before they leave the nest? I had a hard time narrowing it down to seven, frankly. I would say, first and foremost, kids need to feel comfortable discussing money before they leave the nest. And I think that's the baseline foundation. And that's what we miss is we send kids off, they graduate, and they've picked up bits and pieces through osmosis of watching mom and dad or whatever family situation they have. They've seen people make money decisions, but they don't really have any context or foundation, and maybe money was argued about in the home. So they, they have a negative stigma about the topic of money. So before I pick a money skill, I think the most important, the most important thing to have as a foundation in your family is that your kids are actually comfortable having conversations about the topic in general. And that's the goal of the book, first and foremost, is make money a comfortable conversation topic. It's not a point of contention. Every single 18-year-old and above is going to have to make money decisions. So let's equip them with the skills that prepare them to succeed and to have some confidence. All that being said, I think the chapter I wrote somewhere in the middle of the book called Learning to Earn. Learning to earn money, I think, is going to, is a critical skill. I think if we have kids that we're just paying allowance to because they exist and they breathe every single week, we're doing them a disservice. We're, we're creating them 
into a world of dependency where they just expect to get paid no matter what happens during the week, check a couple boxes. And I think we're really, we're not tapping the true potential of young people when we treat money in a convenient way of just here's your money because another week went by. So teaching kids to earn money that they can love what they do while earning money. They gotta, I always say you got to find the trifecta. You got to find something that has all three. You're good at it. You really enjoy it. And people are willing to pay money for it. If you can find all three, not two, but if you can find all three, you've got a real opportunity for success. And that's what I've done for my kids is help them identify something that has all three. So that's why each of our kids have their own little business. That's something they enjoy and they're earning money by doing it. So you talked about the fact that you need to start having these conversations earlier. What day to a family that says, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to start having these conversations. What are some of the first, let's say, building blocks of starting to have those conversations with their children? That's literally why I wrote the book, because I don't think most people know where to start. Some people think I don't know enough about money to teach my kids. So I'm just not going to, I'm just going to avoid it. Even with your little three or four-year-old, if you're walking around a grocery store, and you're buying some food, putting things in the shopping cart. That's a conversation moment. You can say, let's look at a few things and how much they cost. How how am I paying for this? In my business, in my work, in my career, I earn some money. And each week or each month, I'm saving up some money so that I can buy groceries so that we can have food at home. It's like the simplest of things. But I think we skip over that and kids, we just expect kids to pick it up by watching everything. So start in the simplest of ways Some people ask me, well, how much should I share? I don't want to tell my kids how much I make or how much I have or how much credit card debt I'm in. You don't have to over-disclose to kids, but you can talk about how much things cost. Certainly, I'm okay with that. I don't tell my kids my income, but I'll tell them like, we're going to buy this. It costs this much. We're going to the grocery store. It costs this much. Costs have gone up because of inflation. That's something easy to talk about. It used to cost me $60 to fill up tanky gas. Now it's 120 Why is that? You know, Have these conversations so that they get a little taste of money in the real world, even at a young age. I think these are great conversations to have. Now, you wrote this book about a year or so ago. And over that period of time, I know that you've delved a little bit deeper with Scott in regards to a podcast that you're now doing, you're having more conversations, you're bringing up more of these these money conversations. Have you found is missing from the book that you wish you had included? I think what was missing was the technology-based application of the principles that I wrote about. And that's literally what the company Gravy Stack is. Everyone would say, well, now what do I do? And I'm like, well, go through the book. At the end of each chapter, there's actual family activity ideas, lessons, models, analogies, things that you can do and say, hey, kids, let's try this. Let's talk about this. And you can have those conversations around each topic on each chapter. But the sustained implementation is something that I just, I didn't have a solution for. How do we continue this? How do we turn this into like just a sustainable process that continues on? And that's why it was so cool that I was, I was not even done writing the book when someone introduced me to Scott. And so as I was writing, we were forming Gravy Stack and creating the content and the gaming and the financial missions and levels and activities for kids to do perpetually inside the app and inside the process. And so I think that's really cool how that all came together. I definitely never expected it, never saw it coming. But um, Gravy Stack is 
is absolutely the next level. And it's applying all the principles and things that I wrote about in the book. Now, one question that I would throw out there as well, because you talk about some things you can do from an early age. Let's say you haven't had these conversations and your child is in high school, is getting up there in age, getting ready to leave the nest. And you feel, I haven't done what I've needed to do. Where do you start there? I mean, dive into the book, have the high school student listen to the audiobook. Have the high school student, I think it's 99 cents on Kindle. Like it's worth it, but it's got step by step stuff. My oldest two kids actually, one of them started reading it, then they started listening to the podcast or to the um the audiobook. And they're like, hey, this is actually good. This it only took me a couple hours to listen to the whole thing, but they got a little foundation, a taste of it. And I think you just start need to start having at least monthly conversations on a financial topic and say, look, I don't know if anyone's ever told you about taxes, but let's Google a sample pay stub and look at the difference between how much you get paid your gross income versus how much you get paid your net income. And what's in the middle? What is this stuff? What are taxes? You know, why, when you buy something that says it's $99, why does it cost 107? Having those conversations, you don't have to know it all uh, to start. Just pick financial topics or maybe even ask your kid, like what questions do you have about money? What have you heard or what are you worried about? What scares you about money? How do you feel when you get money? What's exciting about money? What is exciting about earning money? You know, why? Find out their motivations because every kid's going to be different. They're all going to have their own motivations and reasons. I found that in my own family and in my own children as well. Chad, I just want to say thank you for sharing all of this. Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? I'm ready. In one word, what is fatherhood? Leadership. What was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? I'd say when my daughter ran after school to the school pickup line to hug me in front of her friends and tell me about the exciting thing that happened that day at school. If I was to ask your daughters, how would they describe you as a dad? Someone who's always taking action and trying to create some fun kind of experience or memory. Who inspires you to be a better dad? A couple of my closest friends and my dad himself is a great father. He's a great grandfather, not actually literally a great grandfather, but he's an amazing grandfather. He is extremely involved. We talk probably every day, close relationship. He talks to my sisters every day. He comes to all of our special events. So I think just being an engaged, present father is something that I observed as a kid. And it's something that I always wanted for my own family. In finishing up today, what's one piece of advice you want to make sure that every father knows? My one piece of advice would be that as fathers, I think we sometimes we want to shape our kids and we want to give them great goals to reach for. And I feel like sometimes we limit or we think about limits on their potential when really we should have an uncapped approach and vision to our kids and our daughters, especially our daughters who often don't hear that in the real world is teaching them to dream way bigger and grander than we ever dreamed of for ourselves. Perhaps my daughter who's 18 as a sixth grader dreamed of becoming a pilot. And I thought it was just kind of this passing passion or hobby. She was interested in planes as as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old. And right before her senior year, this last August, she's like, Dad, I've dreamed about being a pilot, you know, ever since I was little. And I really am interested. And I I called this flight academy and I got all kinds of information. And I was like, whoa, we're like, I haven't thought about that in years. This is still something you're interested in. She's like, I really, really want to do it. And I figured out that 
I talk to them and they can have a trainer practice with me and fly up in the sky super early in the morning before high school, two to three days a week. And I'm really serious about this. Is this something that I could do? And I'm happy to say, but she was flying this morning. She was flying this morning uh, before school, probably landed uh, like an hour ago. And I'm, I'm helping her pursue that passion because it's something that she's dreamt about since she was a little girl. Well, Chad, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you've been sharing today. If people want to find out more about you, about what you're doing, if they want to connect with you, where's the best place for them to go? LinkedIn is a great place to go and chadwillardson.com. I will put links in the notes today. Chad, thank you for being here today for everything that you've shared. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be